You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. I'm James Seltzer. We are coming to you off a... Five-game winning streak. This Phillies team, as soon as you think they're down, they bounce right back up. With me, I, I wouldn't say as always, but it pretty much is as always, at least as usual. My good buddy, Jack Fritz. Fritzy, what's up, buddy? Yeah, everything was uh, terrible a week ago, and and then now everything's fine again. You know, maybe we should just learn that this team is uh, is is it rolls with the punches a little bit. Uh, I tell you what, I was just so proud of, of the team this week. Uh, the, the the Red Sox series was like awesome. It was just a like for all the for all the oh baseball so boring uh, people that are out there. This week just spat in the face of that because it was a, <laughs> it was a week full of genuinely exciting baseball. A uh, bunch of great games, close games. Uh, once again, the Phillies always play for the beginning. That's what they do. We have to learn that by now. I know everyone loves the crap on the offense, but like guys, we're into August now. They've been doing this in this entire season. There was the one month of May where it was legitimately bad. But we're in August, and they're winning games. They're in first place. They play for the big inning. It's trademarked on my Twitter account <laughs> at JackFritzWIP. Um, they, are, they are a fun team, a fun week of baseball, and uh, I love I love beating up the fish. It was a fun weekend, uh, an emotional weekend. It was it was awesome. Jason Worth got a standing ovation. I don't know if you were talk- wanted to talk about Jason Worth, but the fact that Jason Worth got a standing ovation, I was so happy. I was I was in the stands. I was too cheering him, and I was yelling at anyone that was even thinking about booing him. Uh, he is our sweet baby prince, and he is back, and he's a Philly for life. <laughs> and we'll get into to your experience down there for the 08 stuff because I think a lot of our listeners would love to hear that. The ones who weren't there, but um, I, I'm totally with you on the Worth thing. I mean, we, you and I have talked about this. A trillion times and at least ten on air, but we are it's both like our most impassioned. Ploy. We feel very strongly about this, and it was a big weekend for us. And yeah. look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I knew they were going to cheer for him. I, yeah, we're I, too smart. We're t- we are too smart as Philadelphia fans to not cheer for Jason Worth. I get the booing in here. You and I wouldn't have booed him when he came back as a national, but you can at least make excuses for that. He played for the Nationals. He took money. He talked a little crap. Whatever. But Philly fans knew that when the time came in that moment to honor him, they honored him like they should have. And Jack, I'm so with you. I'm, I was proud. I was really proud. Even though I knew it was going to happen, it still felt, I still felt pride in it. And, and your points about this team, man, like here's something you can say. This Phillies team is good. We're past the are they, aren't they. We're past the, oh, but the hitting doesn't work or the bullpen sucks. Or We're past all that, man. This is a good baseball team. They're 63 and 48 on August 6th. This is a team that won 66 games all of last season. They're in first place by a game and a half, Jack. This is a good baseball team. And like and, you hit on, they're they're a resilient team. And James, they're only getting better. Like 
this team is just now starting to reach its peak. It is, it is, it is with the additions of Esdrubal Cabrera, who I think, I think the addition of Esdrubal was almost underrated by, I know it's underrated by me uh, and maybe by the High Host podcast, but seeing him in a Phillies uniform, seeing what he does in the field, seeing what he does at the plate, I think we underrated how big of an addition he was. Um, this team, the, the 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 bullpen is rounding into form. Obviously, Aaron Loop didn't have a uh, great debut, but uh, Tommy it didn't Hunter, kill him, which was nice. Second half, Tommy Hunter might be a thing. Nishek back. Uh, Sir Anthony is fine. Like I know he gave up the home run to Bohr yesterday, but it happens. Uh, it was a it was a good pitch. It was a good it was pitch a re- it Bohr. was a really good pitch. Justin Bohr made a great swing. You could even see like when you watch the replay, like you could even tell Justin Bohr was like, "Am I going to get this? I don't know. I'm going to try." Like it was a great pitch. Yeah, so I just think they're they're rounding into form now. They now have lineups that they can play an all defense lineup. You saw him pull Reese Hoskins on I think Saturday night and and put Roman Quinn in left. They have a defense lineup. They have a big power lineup. They have a ground ball lineup. Yep. Uh, when they'll put Kingery at second base or Kingery at shortstop. Short. Um, it, they they're they're finally they finally have the roster I think they wanted when they were when they came into the season. Uh, and I think this thing is it's been fun this entire season. But I think it's just starting to be like fun, fun. And we haven't even seen Wilson Ramos playing a Phillies uniform yet. That's an addition. It's like getting an all-star catcher back when you're already starting to fire on all cylinders. It's, it's really like exciting. adding another first-round pick. Hey, look at that. <laughs> look at you. Um, but I think you make great points, Jack. And I think the Struble thing is huge. I think that people are starting to see the the added value that he brings on a lot of levels. Plus the fact that he's a switch hitter going to hit from both sides of the plate. He's perfect for this team. Perfect for the versatility. I think that they feel all right throwing him at shortstop. I feel like this team is just kind of saying, you know what? We're not very good defensively and that's okay. You know, like it's kind of who we are. And, He makes such a big difference in the lineup, man. We've talked a ton about Kingery and the struggles. Having a Struble Cabrera in that lineup makes a huge difference. Yeah, and I kind of crapped on him as a a shortstop. Uh, And and I'm not going to say that, like, he's a good defensive shortstop. Like, he can make the plays that are right in front of you. The only thing with him is that he's limited in his range. Like, that's not that's still true. He's made every single play that's been at him. He's very solid when the balls are right at him. It's just he doesn't have the range that he used to have. But, I don't know, James. I love – one of my favorite things about sports is is older, fat guys – that just know how to play the game. <laughs> like, and, and as Drupal Cabrera – He's not fat, let's say, but he's yes. Kinda, he's kind of – he's thin. a little chubby. He's a little chubby, <laughs> but like Boris Diaw is my favorite NBA player. Uh, I, there's something about the the Kenny Rogers NL, ALCS sure. and David ga- games. Wells, a oh. great example. Oh, I, I love you what, see it with pitchers a lot more, obviously. Tommy Hunter, course. a nice example. Yeah, but he's fat out of just being fat. Like as Trubel <laughs> is as Dr- as as has just gotten fat with age. Tommy Hunter is just I'm gonna eat. Tommy right? Hunter's a big boy. He's a big boy, but and I just and his triple just falls right in that category. He he's a a, a this was a, the old Johnny Peralta syndrome. Yeah, uh, when, he was a, when he was the Cardinal shortstop, but the Jeff, offense. Jahani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Like G off Jenkins, Jahani Peralta. Um, <laughs> you ever hear the story with that? His parents apparently it was a typo in his birth certificate. They were going to name him Johnny like normal, and it got written incorrectly, and they just said, screw it. Let's stay with it. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. But, yeah, no, his triple's been big. And, uh, listen, the switch hitting point you brought up is good because now it doesn't matter. I mean, they have four switch hitters? Yeah, I well, think? yeah, they have Caesar, Santana, uh, Estrubal, and um, well, Roman Quinn's a switch hitter as well. 
Roman Quinn. Uh, that's it. I think that's, that's it. it. Yeah. But that that gives you a, a versatility. Gives you a lot of versatility, man. It's legit. Right. It's, and instead of instead of having a a playoff matchup of you know I got to have the lefty batting here, a righty here, or whatever, it doesn't really matter because they can all switch hit. Four four out of their eight hitters can switch hit. And it's I think massive. That's, it's going to be big, it's especially big. for Kapler, a guy who who does like to utilize those types of things and oh. plays those type of matchups. James, wait until wait until the the forty man rosters with Gabe Kapler. Oh, buddy. He's already he can't even sleep right now because he's thinking about it. I love it. Um, and look, I think I think you make a great point though about Estrubo and kind of the way he fits this team and the fact that um, look, this team's really well put together right now. And like you said, a lot of the guys are starting to round into form, starting to peak a little bit here. But also, it, it's just Roman Quinn, a really nice example of a guy who come playoff time can really add things for you that you didn't have. He gives you a pinch runner. He gives you a defensive outfielder. You can put in late in games, all that type of stuff. It's just, um, it's just a roster without a lot of holes right now, which I think is a, a really exciting thing to think about with where they're at right now and what's out of them. Jack, you said it was a fun weekend or a fun week of baseball. It really was. Let's kind of dive into it as we haven't talked really. We had the trade deadline show we did, but we haven't talked since they won that game in Boston, Jake Arrieta and, the best performance as a Philly yet when you consider all the uh, all that goes into it. And then just a um, a really nice job by them to take the Marlins to task, to, to have a, a bad Marlins team come in here and to handle them, you know, to, to do what they're supposed to do. What was your feel of this last week, a streaking Phillies team winning five straight? Well, I think, you know, starting from the Arietta start, I mean, just the best he's looked. In a, I know the Pirates game happened. But that was a big moment in a in a in a big ballpark. Sir Anthony came in a in a really tight pressure fill situation, and I thought that was a really big arrival moment for this Phillies team. It felt like that to me because early this season I'd been discouraged in thinking about future playoff games with this team because I saw them going to Chicago and crap down their leg. Los Angeles crap down their leg like against good teams. They've generally come up small. Like they would, they would win a game, but it wouldn't be on a big stage. And those two games in Boston were on a big stage. And I know Abdul messed up Monday night, and I understand. Tuesday night they responded. Another big moment, and I think it's it's vaulted them into like, guys, we ha- our two starters held the Red Sox to two runs. The freaking Red Sox, like that's not that's not a joke. And I think they came back home. Obviously, uh, Franco with a huge homer on 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 Thursday night. And James, I just want to ask you, how does it feel to be dead wrong? Yeah, about about Michael Franco. Look, look, look. It's a great question because right now, (laughs) I'm teetering, Jack. I'm teetering. I have refused to come on board. I said I need to see it longer. Here's what I'll say. I really enjoy watching Mike Alfranco play baseball right now. I know. So, I, like, I, offensively, defensively, across the board. I mean, that guy makes, like, tough plays at third look like it's nothing. A cannon of an arm. It seems like almost every game that dude's making a play at third where you're like, whoa. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And he had to get a play, I think, Friday night or Saturday night when he was— no, The throw it was from the night. ground are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Oh, and then he I made mean, absurd. the— he made the same kind of play on on Saturday night as well. Uh, Mikey's good. Mikey's really good. He's and, good, man. I, I I look, oh, he's been good, man. He's been good. I'm not. With, I'm not a booking my reservations on Franco Island quite yet, but um, I'm 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 looking at uh, I'm looking at ships and when they depart. I'm I'm, I got, I'm I got, taking it all in. I got two things for you. One, uh, seeing Pedro Feliz back in town this this week 
kind of reminded me, like, well, well, why can't Franco just be Pedro Feliz? I mean, Pedro Feliz at his best was a 250 hitter with a 288 OBP and like 20 homers. Yep. Like, I think, and, and gold glove defense. Right. And Franco, while he doesn't have the same range, he is a more than serviceable defender. He like Franco's better than Pedro Feliz was, and Pedro Feliz was a, 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 cha- a defender. I don't know if he is. Uh, look, I think uh, I, I think I think Franco's high end plays are better, but I think Feliz, like you said, he had more range. He like Franco if Feliz made every single play. Like that dude made it look easy at third base. I think he was probably a better defender, but probably. I, I mean, even just talk. I mean, Feliz was maybe the best defensive third baseman in baseball for a little while. Like he was a really good defensive third baseman. Okay. Whatever. Anyway. Point is, uh, Franco's really good defensively. He is really good. And I'm just saying, more of my point is that if Pedro Feliz can be the best, or can be a third baseman on a championship team, then there's no reason that Michael Franco can't be that for you. So, like, if you go get Machado, you can put him at shortstop or third or whatever. I'm just saying, there shouldn't be a rush to get Michael out of town. Not the way he's playing right now. And again, look, if it continues, and I was in the ballpark on Thursday night for that, that walk off, and. He's just seeing the ball really well, and we're not seeing the. It, my issues with Franco always stem from you know you'd get two weeks of awesomeness and two weeks of atrociousness, and and there was kind of no in between. We're not seeing a lot of those same mistakes that we saw earlier in the season. We're not seeing we're seeing him lay off bad pitches. We're not seeing him open up his stance as much. Um, he's just locked in right now, and uh, right now I, I I you can't say anything other than Michael Franco has been a really good player for this team for the last two months. And since you were at the ballpark on Thursday night, I need to get your 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 take on this. Phillies powder blue or Eagles Kelly Green? Uh, here's the thing. You could say Phillies powder blue or anything else after that in all of sports, and I'm going to say Phillies powder blue. Jackie Love takes the Phillies powder blue uniforms are the best uniforms in all of sports. Come at me. Wow. Come at me. All of sports. That's how strongly I feel about the Phillies powder blue uniforms. And here's something else I feel strongly about. I am so much in the camp of Nick Williams that I picked, <laughs> I, I picked him up in two fantasy baseball leagues. That's a big step for me. It's a huge a, step. I, I don't, I I don't know be, what else you could do to really show your love more. I think I should get a standing ovation for my sacrifice of putting Nick Williams, admitting my mistake, and putting Nick Williams on. I'm proud two of you, buddy. Of, I'm of proud of you. Rosters. I know. I, you know. You you are one to to not leave your takes lightly. You know. You will you will stay with a take longer than most people would stay with anything. Very uh-huh. proud of you. This is growth, Jack Fritz. Another question I have for you. Yes. Bigger number change. Tommy Hunter going from forty to ninety six, or Kobe going from eight to twenty four. <laughs> I mean, obviously, Tommy Hunter. I mean. <laughs> That was ridiculous with Kobe. It's like, all right, buddy, you, you know, you're getting a little trouble. You're like, I'm going to change my number. Tommy Hunter, it's a legitimate, important change. I mean, 96 is so much better. Uh, so he you, looks he looks great on the mound with 96. And I don't know. Well, all right. So, like, this is actually legit. Like, I'm not I'm not lying to you at all. He wanted he wanted the number 69, and his and his like wife wouldn't let him. No way. Yeah, no, I'm dead. I'm not lying to you. Is that really true? If that's true, then that makes 96 that much better. That, it's funny. I mean, it's that much better. Yeah, it's funny. That is great. Shout out to Tommy Hunter. That, I mean, that's, <laughs> shout out, that's so and shout great. Out to, shout out to Don Mattingly for pitching to Franco with a base open. Oh, can we talk about that real quick? Because DeCamera and I were at the game. We went with a bunch of Midday Show listeners. And DeCamera turns to me. The count is 2-0 with runners on second and third. And he goes, 
So there's no chance they're throwing him a strike the rest of the bat, right? I'm like, no, I just, I would intentionally walk him here if it were me. And the next freaking pitch, he hits out of the ballpark. It was so, it was so, and everyone thinks Don Manningly is a good manager. If Kapler had done that, people wouldn't stop talking about it for a year. I know. I know. Such it, it bad an, managing. He's a terrible manager. Yeah, he's not good. Never going to win a World Series as a player or a manager. Wow. The Don Donnie lovers. Baseball. They're not going to like that. People no, love Don so. Matt. He's one of those guys who I think if you grew up at a certain time or whatever like, and caught that you know three-year run where he was the best player in baseball, you're such a Don Mattingly lover. And everyone else just looks at it and goes, it wasn't that good. <laughs> so, Donnie uh, Baseball. All right, um, so that was a big one, the Thursday night win. Over the weekend, uh, we see some more really good pitching. I know you have been all in on Vince Velasquez as of late. I, like, I, I said this uh, earlier this week on Phillies Today. Um, I think that we've debated this a lot and gone back and forth, and I think right now with the way Arietta's pitching, I think it's pretty clear NOLA game one, Arietta game two, assuming they get to the playoffs. Right now, if it starts tomorrow... Vincent Velasquez is my game three pitcher, Jack. What do you say? Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, he is he's just really evolved as a as a pitcher. Like he's no longer a thrower. Like when I when I watch him, I see a game plan. And that's not how I, I felt about him in, in years past. And not even like two months ago. Like he has changed so much much in the last two months. It's incredible. Um but yeah, he is he 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 him figuring out that that two seam fastball that he can start at a guy's hip and end up on the uh, uh, on the inside part of the plate, it just opens up everything else and it, it gets guys off his fastball. And if it gets guys off of his ninety, if it, if it get guys off his fastball, then his ninety six mile an hour fastball looks even harder to hit. Like against the against the Marlins, he was overwhelming. It was it was overwhelming. It, they didn't have a chance. And I know it's not a great lineup, but it was just he was relentless. He was attacking with his fastball. And it's something that I wish Pavetta would do more. Like, Pavetta, I think, pitched fine on Thursday night, but I think a lot of people are expecting him to come on here and be like, huh, told you, Nick's fine. I don't think he pitched that well on Thursday. Like, his, his curveball is still lacking the, the sharpness that it had in the earlier months. I think I saw some stat. I think the good fight put it out that in, in the month of July, his, his, his curveball has been, like the, it's been 30% less spin rate. Basically, so like he's not getting the same effectiveness out of it. Um, that's a different story for Vinny. Uh, his curveball is now playing off of his two fastballs, which I think is just—it's really good. And the best thing about Velasquez's start, um, and it was at some point in I think the seventh inning, it was 76 pitches for Vince Velasquez and 60 strikes. Now I don't know where it ended up, but it, it, it obviously it was still pretty good. 60 strikes out of 76 pitches is insane from a guy that we thought couldn't go more than five innings. It's it's such a change from the guy we saw before, and I, I think he was like twenty five of his first thirty pitches were strikes that game. Um, it's been it's been really great to watch, like you said, Jack. As we've kind of seen over the last few years, this guy with elite type talent and the stuff to be great just really struggle to put it together and struggle to trust his stuff and struggle to throw strikes and. Watching it happen on a start-by-start basis before our eyes has been really gratifying, at least for me, watching Velasquez and what we've seen him and, and knowing there was more in there um, to, to being so frustrated to the point where I was like, just put him in the bullpen. Like, that's where I was at. I understood why they didn't, but it was so frustrating to watch him pitch. Um, it's been awesome. And I, again, like I said, he's my clear number three on this team right now. And 
Um, he's trusting his stuff. I feel I feel great every time Vincent Velasquez takes the ball. The other guy we got to talk about is um, had struggled since the All Star break, but a really nice outing as well. Again, not as good as Velasquez was, but and and like you said, there is the caveat of this is a bad Marlins lineup, a legit yep. bad lineup. But I thought from the eye test, as as Dominic Velasquez looked, I thought Eflin looked good. Eight innings gave him a nice outing. Uh, it was the, the gave up a two run homer late in the start that kind of made it eight runs three three error and made it a little less of a dominant outing than it looked like he might have. But um, he looked good, not great in my mind. What were your thoughts on Eflin's performance? It looks like the rust is beginning to come off. Uh, I I maintain that I think he's going to be fine. Uh, I think you know yeah he just had some rust on him and. That's perfectly fine, perfectly normal. When you haven't pitched in two weeks, it's hard to get back into the rhythm of things. Uh, sometimes when you're rolling along really well and all of a sudden it just stops, it's, it's, it, it shouldn't be as hard as it is to get back, but pitching is so reliant upon feel and being able to repeat your mechanics that once there's a little bit of a hiccup, it, it does take a little bit to get back uh, to the mechanics that you were feeling when you were rolling. And unfortunately, I had that problem my whole freshman and sophomore years at Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, I never even got got the ball rolling. It was just it was just all downhill as soon as I stepped on campus. Um, but Eflin, I thought it was he did a much better job of fastballs both sides of the plate, uh, especially his fastball away. He was really finishing it. He was really making sure he got his arm out in front, and you could you could just you could see in how he was throwing. He was putting more tenacity into reaching the outside corner and, and making it jump on guys. He didn't do that his last couple of starts, and I think that was just a minor uh, mechanical adjustment that he made uh, to really try to finish to the outside corner because, as we've seen, even when he's pitching really well, he can still just get hurt by a fastball down the middle and all of a sudden there's two runs on the board. Like He, he can be rolling along, but as soon as that fastball leaks across the middle of the plate, he's just it's not, it's not great. But he, he pitched really well. He pitched really well. Um, it was good to see him bounce back. It's good to see him kind of stop the downward trend he was on. Uh, he needed to start like that to, to qualm some of my fears, and I'm sure the Phillies' fears. Yeah, Jack, I'm with you. Uh, and, again, I was I thought he looked, again, better, not as good as he has looked in the month of June and all that, but um, it looked like the spin rate was a little higher. It looked like his ball was dropping a little better than it had in the starts before. And, again, I think that you know, underrating blisters for pitchers is something I don't ever want to do. That's uh, an important thing factor to take into account i think that blister might have still been a bit of an issue the last couple well, it starts affects, it affects your it affects your, everything your grip well, your you, spin all that well you can't spike the ball like i mean you can still spike it but not with the same ferocity so i, I was impressed with eflin and i'm happy to see him taking steps towards getting back to the guy we hope he can be over the stretch run um before we move on just your your take on the staff as a whole i think it sounds like we agree you know you've got nolan Arietta at the top, then Velasquez, Eflin right after that, and then Pavetta would be the guy most likely to head to the bullpen if the playoffs started tomorrow. Is that kind of your take on the rotation right now? Yeah, and, and that's fine. I mean, the, the fact that Nick Pavetta, for the, the talent that he has, to be <laughs> your either five starter or guy out of the pen, I think that's a good sign. I think it's a really good sign. Um, I, I, I feel confident every time Vinny goes out there. I think Arietta has really rounded into form a little bit. And Nola, I mean, I know he didn't have his best stuff yesterday. It was also scorching hot, so I don't, I don't blame him at all. Like pitching in that kind of weather is just terrible. And he, um, and he gutted it out too. You know, he like those first six shutout innings. Obviously, ran into some trouble in the seventh, but um, it was one of those spots where he the the it was six shutout innings, but you could tell he was laboring through it. Like it wasn't, yeah. 
It wasn't six shut them down innings. It was six shutout innings. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, no, I feel good. I feel much better about the staff than I did heading out of the All-Star break when they were allowing runs every first inning. All right. In a minute, I want to kind of look at the standings as, um, again, Philly's a game and a half up, 63 and 48. The Braves uh, tied in the loss column, actually, three games in hand, but it's going to be a race. And, and I want to kind of look at how clustered the NL is. There are a lot of teams that are competitive, but uh, for those who weren't there, I was one of them who wasn't there yesterday. Uh, take us inside. What was it like to be in the ballpark for the 2008, um, the memories, the feel? What, what was it like in the ballpark yesterday? It was really cool. It was uh, um, obviously you had had Jason get announced, but they they announced it off. They announced the whole lineup, uh, starting at the bottom of the lineup. Uh, they announced the whole pitching staff, and then they had videos of Cole having his thoughts and and Chase having his thoughts. Um, and overall, it was just it was really well done. Uh, it was cool seeing everyone else back there. Jamie Moyer has a ponytail, uh, and also a- looks like he's a thousand years old. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah, and people were saying that he's going through a midlife crisis, and I was like, no, that was on the mound in game three. Yeah, and also, it was so funny because I was watching with my wife, and Emily says to me, wow, Jamie Moyer looks really old. And I turned around, I'm like, he is old. He, he was is four, really. he's, he's in his 50s. Like, he was in the, his 40s when this happened. We think of him with those other guys, but he was a decade older than all of them at the time. Of course he's going to look old. Uh, yeah, did I ever tell you about Jamie Moyer, like, Told his son that I was a psychopath on the mound. What? <laughs> what? I played uh, I played travel ball with Hutton Moyer, his son. And I was pitching down at the University of Delaware. And I was like, I guess I was like freaking out on the mound because I think there was like errors behind Head me. Head case fritz. Oh, I mean, like, you think I'm very calm. But on on the mound, it's like a different story. It's awesome. a completely different person. And he had Hutton come to me in the dugout and say, hey. Uh, my dad thinks you're acting like a psychopath. <laughs> so, so Jamie Moyer thinks I'm a psychopath, but that's, that's okay. terrific stuff. I said, I said, Hey Jamie, sorry. I'm a grinder. <laughs> that's good. I like yeah, that. Yeah, but it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. It's it was cool. also, it was so, I can't, I can't underestimate just how hot it was. It was, it was so hot. I saw like five people faint. Like there was just people getting pulled around those carts, like all over the stadium. There's people weren't even sitting in their seats. They were just sitting on like the the rails outside the outside the sections. It was insanely hot, um, but it was a special day. I'm so glad that Jason Worth got a standing ovation. Uh, it felt like everyone was just like, "All right, we're good to put this behind us." Like you were great here. Um, it was good. It was good. Yeah, it seemed. Uh, I watched the ceremony on TV, and it. Um it certainly seemed like they handled it really well. And again, like you said, everybody except Chase Utley and Hamels were there, which I thought Madsen and Madsen. Yeah. And except for the guys who are playing in the major leagues. Yeah. And Hap, the guys who are playing in the major leagues right now, everyone else was there. I thought that was a great job by them to get everyone back and to, to do it the way they did. I totally agree with you. And, and to get the video messages, I won 20 bucks from a caller to the midday show who bet me that Chase Utley would show up. And I was like, no, he's playing for the Dodgers. And they said, oh, the Dodgers will let him go. I'm like, what are you, crazy? And he's right. like, I'll bet you 20 bucks Chase shows up. I was like, I'll take your money. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I also so- <laughs> love I love that I love that Charlie came out and said, hey, you know, this, this, this week's been great. It's been great to look back. But he basically said, this team's in first place. Yes. Like, this is now about the now Phillies. It's awesome. And I thought that it was a good. It was a good message to a lot of the fans who have been kind of on the fence with this team. Uh, and I heard Charlie speak a couple times. He's like, "I watch every game. Like they're good. Uh, Gabe's good at his job. 
all this stuff. So I think it was good to have those guys talk about this team. And, you know, I think a couple weeks ago when Chase was in town, I think a lot of people were there to see Chase and obviously didn't care about the team because they, they cheered him when he got a hit. Um, but mm-hmm. I, th- I, th- I think this was big from this, the fact that the 08 team was recognizing this team. And it was really cool seeing them all interact. Like, they were all messing around with Chooch. Um, and, yeah, it was great. And, obviously, the Halliday stuff on Saturday was, was sad all over again. Uh, Brandy Halliday continues to, like, just be the strongest person It's unbelievable. Ever. Shout like, out to Brandy Holiday. Yeah, she's Halliday. she's amazing. Um, and and when Chooch, like, touched the Halliday plaque, oh I was God. so sad. Tears. Tears. I was so sad. Tears. Um, and, and, you know, yeah. Pat Gillick, I thought, um, I thought he did a really nice job of, of, you know, getting honored but making sure that it was about Roy. And, you yep. know, I thought that, I thought they did that really well. Because a lot of times you would just say, all right, you're honoring Roy Holiday. Why would you bring someone else into this? But Pat Gillick, with the relationship he had with the Holiday family and how long and well he knew Roy and all that, I thought... I thought they did it really well. And and just the whole weekend, like you said, I mean, Victorino on Friday night, like they took a weekend to honor the only team that's won a World Series in my lifetime. And I thought they did it just so well and with such class as an organization. And I, I thought it showed. And Jack, I think you make a really great point, though, that as great as it was and honoring that team and, and everything that that weekend, that's great. But it's time to honor the team that's on the field right now. Because they're in first place. They're a good baseball team. Again, they're a game and a half up on August 6th in the NL East. And, you know, I think I think it's great that the that Charlie did that. I think it's great the players will talk about it. But it's time for, for Phillies fans to get on board. Because this is real. They're going to play meaningful games in September. And it's time to, to, you know, stop dicking around. And, like, get out there and support this team. Uh, all right, Fritzy. Speaking of which, this team is in first place. You look at the National League, man. It is... Crazy. There are six teams with a chance to make five playoff spots in the American League. There are 11 teams that are over 500 right now, Jack. There are only four teams in the National League that are under 500. Only four. How ridiculous is that? So um, I just want to quickly take a look at at the other teams kind of in competition. Obviously, it's the Braves and the NLEs. The the Nats still in it, but you're worried mostly about the Braves. The Cubs and the Brewers, both uh, the Cubs one game better than the Phillies. The Brewers with the same record in terms of, of... you know, one loss. Uh, they have played a couple more games, but they would be tied with them if in the same division. And then the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks at the top of the NL West, and the Rockies a couple games back. I think those are the teams that are most competitive right now, both in terms of record and in terms of on the field product. When you look at the other teams in the National League, how do you kind of rank those opponents? Come really the the stretch run, but also come the playoffs. I think the Dodgers are the best team. Uh, or the team I'd be most afraid of in a in a in a, in a series because they can kind of beat you in so many different ways. They have so many different lineups that they can play. They have a defensive lineup. They have an offensive lineup. They have guys that can play everywhere. Uh, their bullpen has not been great, but I think once the playoffs start, they'll shorten that. Maybe move Maeda to the bullpen uh, where he was last year during their run. I just think that team's good. I think they're they're going to be good. They have they've been they were in the World Series last year. Like. Yeah, they to they took it to game seven. They could have won the World Series last year. And and like you mentioned, you know, not just deep lineups. They were already deep, and then they went out and got Manny Machado and Brian Dozier. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was, I mean, the Dozier addition was genius and didn't really cost them anything. So uh, that team's really good. I think they're only going to get better. Whatever. Uh, the Cubs, I ta- I'm telling you, man, like I, I haven't thought they've been that good for ever since they won the World Series. Like I I just don't think they're. I think they're in that that Phillies run now, where like they won the World Series and everything else is just kind of gravy. Uh, I I don't think they're that good. I, don't, I think the Brewers are fine, but their pitching staff is trash. 
and the Braves, the Braves haven't played well in like a month, and for some reason, they they're still ranked ahead of the Phillies in the ESPN power rankings, and I just don't understand what the justification for it is. Like their pitching staff isn't good, their bullpen isn't that good, and their staff. I mean, their 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 offense is great, but like Albies hasn't been the same player, and I mean Acuna's given them a nice little jump here, but like what what are the Braves good at? Like uh, the fact that people still have the Braves with the Phillies, like why? Like what what do the Braves do that's so much better than what the Phillies do? Yeah, I agree. I think the only argument you can make, and well, one argument you can make is who gives a crap? Power rankings are stupid. I know. But um, no, no, no. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I think the one argument you could legitimately make is saying that uh, the Braves' run differential is like fifty points higher, or fifty runs higher than the Phillies. Yeah. So I think if you want to look for something, you could. And yeah, but the I also think that- the Phillies just got better. I'm with, look, look, I wouldn't make the argument. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I think the fact you could say the the run differential, you could say that technically, you know, if the Braves just win the three games that they have in hand, they're tied with the Phillies too. So I, I get it, but um, look, I wouldn't put them ahead of the Phillies. I think the Phillies are a better team. I think the Phillies are better set to move forward. I trust that what they have, the production they've had and the guys who have produced are going to continue to produce more than I trust that with Atlanta, especially on the pitching side. I mean, they're getting meaningful, meaningful con- contributions from Anibal Sanchez. I can't even get this sentence out because it's so freaking absurd. Anibal Sanchez should be out of the major leagues and has been multiple times. It is crazy to me. But um, I'm with you. I'm not as scared of the Braves. I think I think your analysis is pretty spot on. The Brewers' offense is really, really good. They're in a playoff series rolling out Julius Chassin in game one. Really? Yeah. Is that happening? Yeah. Um, I, I I think the Dodgers are the best team in the National League. I think you underrate the Cubs. I get what you're saying, but it's still a really good baseball team with just a lot felt, of talent. Something has felt off with the Cubs for ever since they won. True. And I didn't feel it last year. I th- And I, I feel the same way, but I also feel like, look, they have the best record in the National League. And we're talking about how not good they are. And I'm with you, but they have the best record in the National League. So... I think the results at least have to make you, and when you look at the roster and the amount of talent, I think you at least have to take them somewhat seriously as a competitor. I, I agree that well, I'm, not, I'm taking them seriously. I just don't think they're as good as the Dodgers, which I think is fair. And I, I would put the Dodgers one in them too. And then after that, I agree. I don't think there's anyone who really scares me in the national league. I, I'm not scared of playing the Brewers. I'm not scared of playing the Diamondbacks. I'm not scared of playing the Rockies, any of that. So uh, look, it's going to be really interesting. There are a lot of teams in it, and it's certainly possible that one of those teams toward the bottom end of the race, whether it's the Pirates, the Cardinals, the Nats, one of those teams makes a run. I think that's possible too, but I think you have to be really happy with where the Phillies are positioned right now. Speaking of the Diamondbacks, big series coming out. This is the last time the Phillies will go to the far west all season long. They got three in Arizona, then three in San Diego before coming back home. Um, pitching matchups, you get three of their best pitchers. You get Zach Godley, you get Zach Greinke, and you get... Patrick Corbin, um, how do you feel about this series out in Arizona against the first place Diamondbacks? Uh, I think it'll be tough. I, I really do. I think they 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 drew just about the worst pitching matchups you can ask for uh, from their side of the ball, uh, and they've been playing better with with Pollock being back. Uh, Pollock's always been a pretty key cog for them. If he's uh, healthy, he hits that dude. Like he he is an injury waiting to happen, but when he's on the field, he's awesome. He is. He really is. Uh, Corbin hasn't been as great of uh, of late. Still been pretty good. Granky is 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 granky. But man, Zach Zach Godley's had a bad year. So um take tonight. Another big Jake area to start. Hopefully he, he picks up where he left off off in Boston. I think he will. I think he's been pitching better the last three starts and now goes down and, and faces a good offense. And I think he'll take care of business. Godley, see he has the potential, like he's good and he's talented, so he can come in and, and shut us down. 
I'm just saying like he hasn't been good this year. So right. it'd be nice to take advantage of that, especially with Granky and Corbin the next two nights. Um, I'm already nervous about Pavetta's start tomorrow night. Me too. Um, Pavetta, think... Granky. It's almost like you just write that one off. You, you try right. and win two of three, win the first and the third, and give them the Granky game. Sure. I'll, I'll take it. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous heading into the series. I don't know if it's going to go as, as well as they've been playing recently. But, hey, you know they've been resilient the whole year. Um, even if they lose two of three. They head into San Diego for the, for the weekend, and that'll be a, a good way to get back on track. And that is the actual worst team in the National League of those yes. four teams with with uh, under 500 records. They are the worst at all. Them forgot to mention uh, adding Eduardo Escobar, Eddie Escobar to the uh, Diamondbacks. Yep. It's a that's a nice addition too. So I'm with you. I'm a little nervous about the series, especially. Uh, well, real quickly, are you worried at all about? I mean, you're obviously not worried at how good a home team this Phillies team is, but are you worried at all about the road record and the ability to kind of recreate what they've done at home on the road? Yeah, they certainly haven't been the same team on the road. Uh, and it's not like the crowds have been that good at home, uh, but they just feel comfortable there, I guess. Uh, I just hope that the Boston series kind of ease some of their road tensions. Like, and I, I, they've been bad this whole year, but they did go to Boston and compete for two straight games in high-pressure situations. So hopefully that gets them rolling uh, on the road. All right, Fritzy, I know you got to go produce the evening show. If you hear yeah. this very quickly, listen to Jack and, uh, and Giglio. I, I Phillies baseball as well later tonight, so at least you get some time before that. But uh, any final thoughts before we get you out of here, Jack? Yeah, I really appreciate the Phillies uh, tweeting out that High Hopes is their official podcast of, uh, right. of the Phillies. Alex, <laughs> I mean, uh, we've officially made it. And I just hope, I hope that people did that and it tricked them into actually playing the High Hopes podcast. I love that, by the way. That was super cool. Um, yeah, yeah, we, just, we appreciate it. Yeah. Hey we'll, hey, we'll take the listens anyway we can get them. <laughs> Speaking of which, rate and review the podcast and make Jack. Yes. It makes Jack happy. So do it for Jack because we all love Jack. Yes. Um, so do it for Jack. And uh, hey, Jack, one more time. Jack. <laughs> Jack attack. Jack uh, Mac. Jack. Now nah, I'm done. Nah, all right. Good. All right. Yeah. We're both done. That's it. Uh, we'll be back there this week. We'll talk some more baseball. And uh, again, hopefully Phillies can go out and take care of business in Arizona. It's been a fun week. Hopefully this is a fun one as well. So for Jack Fritz, I'm James Seltzer. We'll talk to you guys later.